0: world your oyster what's up everybody you're listening to world your oyster the podcast where we take little tiny bits of sand and turn them into big old pearls i am paula sanders and i'm here with my co-host monica lorenzo what's up everybody and we are so excited to bring you into our world and introduce you to some incredible people along the way but before we get started this week with our guest, let's talk about the pearls in our oyster. Let's get into it. Wow. I'll start. Okay, great.
1: So the pearl in my oyster has to do with a few pieces of information. In 2024, Paris Olympics, breakdancing is going to be a new sport. So I'm kind of working along with those, with those performers and trying to figure out some sports medicine care for them. And i doing a meditation, I'm in my apartment, I'm cat cowing away and huffing and puffing with my kundalini. And I feel like I need to become one with my break dancers so I can give them better care. I throw on some music and now I'm in a full on cypher performance in the middle of my living room by myself, like ripping it, thinking I'm amazing. And next thing you know, I tumble over, I think I pulled a hamstring, might've broken a toe and I was like, okay, I guess I'm not being inducted into the team for the 2024 Paris Olympics as a dancer, but I've now become more one with my, my artist, And the pearl is I've become one with my artist. I know what they feel. A little bit deeper, I can help them better. And I actually didn't break a toe. So we're good. Thank the Lord. <laughs> we can't be breaking bones at this age. That could be no. like a catastrophe. It could be a catastrophe. And I can't cat cow my way out of that one. So I'm like, thank God I don't have to wear one of those orthopedic shoes. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> On to you, my lady. All right. Well... You know,
0: it wow. was Valentine's Day this week, and my husband actually was a little bit under the weather. Um, so that is one part of the story that is important for you all to know. Um, I actually took it upon myself to plan Valentine's Day this year, uh, which is a full. It was a full fail, top to bottom, full stop. Full fail, Um, but that's not even the best part of the story. Let's just say that we left the experimental jazz performance that I got us tickets for about 15 minutes in and it was like pretty much a private show. So it was a whole like kerfuffle when we tried to leave. So we proceed to go to 16 Handles and call it a night. So the pearl in my oyster this week is that I got to spend my very first Valentine's Day as a wife in bed by 9.45 with my very favorite frozen yogurt and that's stuffed like a sausage into some inappropriate, very cheesy lingerie doing some that I don't really feel like doing on a Tuesday night. Thank okay.
1: You. Happy Valentine's Day.
0: Thank you. And I'm not really too sure what this says about me, about me as a person or as a wife, but.
1: Nothing. I, I,
0: I'm really not sorry about it.
1: All right, that's yeah. f- The only thing
0: I'm actually sorry about is if my parents or my parents-in-law are watching this and, um. <laughs> You know, I guess we're going to see which one of you loves me the most and is still watching after five weeks of this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not stuffed into lingerie, but stuffed with yogurt. It's a win. Stuffed with yogurt. And on that note, let's go to the episode. Bye. Bye everybody.
0: (laughs) Charlie Walk is an iconic music executive with a career spanning three decades. He started his journey at Columbia Records and then served as the president of Epic Records and Republic Records. Given he has been able to identify a hit record from the age of eight, it is no surprise that he has over 400 number one songs on the top 40 charts and has touched the careers of Ariana Grande, Demi Lovato, Drake, John Mayer, Jennifer Lopez, ever heard of her? Shakira, Shawn Mendes, Taylor Swift, and The Weeknd, just to name a few. In 2019, Charlie founded Music Mastery, a global online membership community that educates and inspires artists, creators, and the next music industry professionals. In 2022, Charlie launched Walk This Way, which is a podcast driven by fascinating conversations and lessons with insightful people that will change your life. Charlie Walk, welcome to World Your Oyster.
2: First of all, this is my favorite podcast I've ever done and it hasn't even started yet.
0: Thank you. You guys are just
2: energy, like the Energizer bunnies here. So I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, we're performers, honey. Exactly. Clearly,
2: yeah. I think I've seen you on the stages of Madison Square Garden.
0: Yes, in, yes the, in, in the
2: Brooklyn Barclay Center. So yeah, i see you guys.
0: Well, we are so happy to have you here today. Obviously, as you can tell from his uh, lovely bio, this is a very accomplished man, but we first and foremost have to shout you out because if it was not for you, there would be no World's Your Oyster podcast because Charlie, I've been talking to Charlie about this idea that I had for quite some time because Charlie sees greatness in people and that is just what he very innately does. And- For as long as I've known Charlie, he has been saying, Paula, you're a star. Paula, you're a star. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But once I had this idea about this podcast, I told Charlie and he said, okay, perfect. Come to my house next week. I'm donating you some microphones. And the rest is history. So thank Thank you you. so much. And
2: I'm really happy you gave me the mic that I gave you to speak on for this episode. So it feels like I'm at home.
0: Oh, good. Well, welcome to our home.
2: Well, thank you for having me. First of all, I want to say one thing before we get into it. It's great to see you guys, um, you know, not saying, oh, there's millions of podcasts and we'll get lost. I actually think what you're doing and I'm watching your focus, this is going to break through. It's the same way you can say about artists, oh, there's millions of artists, why should I try? Or, or there's millions of this or that. And Yeah, there's millions of everything that, that, that affects culture and moves culture. But to have you guys do this with amazing equipment and focus on how you're going to get in front of people with your snackable contents, very commendable. So congratulations.
0: Thank you. And that means a lot. And I think the truth is, is that we would both do this regardless of whether this reaches one person or one million people. Um, you know, we both really are connectors and we we love to be around people and we love to tell people's stories. And that really is why we got into this. And it's also about sisterhood and lifting each other up and all of those things. So I think the truth really is, is we don't care if anybody listens to this, please listen. Of course. But <laughs> we would still be doing this. I, well,
2: listen, when I started walk this way, I... Didn't do it really for uh, an ego point of view of having millions of listeners. I did it because I was doing it every day, helping people and sort of giving them advice on DM, especially like on DM to randoms or people I meet like you when I first met you on the top of um, an amazing building here getting a tour. And so, so like I just transformed it into something that could play wide and didn't focus on music, just focus on interesting people that had a story to tell. And their story could help others. And so I think it all connects and, you know, everything collides into hopefully greatness and intelligence and helping. And that's why we're here, right?
0: We'll we'll have to do a a little dual episode one day. Anytime. Walk walk your oyster this way. Anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Facts. While we have you here, we want to touch on a lot of things. So why don't we just hop right in? I want to start from the beginning a little bit. Obviously, we're not going back to kindergarten, but I want to talk a little bit about your journey as far as the the big musical experiences that you had. Um, so let's just start from the early days of you kind of grinding it out. And... Getting into the corporate—it's corporate, corporate world of music, right? Am I yeah. saying that
2: right? Well, it's like, how do you even get there? But I knew, right. I knew I was like different when. So when I was eight years old, they had there was like AM, FM, and that was it. There was no MTV. I was fascinated by the funnel of why is this song playing over and over in my ear on an AM radio. My whole theory was like, how did someone choose a song of one of like twenty songs, right? To be, to be played on a radio. And then I really started like obsessing over like that process and listening to music and who is the artist and where they come from and thinking about like I'm sitting in this little town outside of Boston, Newton, Massachusetts, obsessed with it, not obsessed with like watching football, playing baseball. And I tried, by the way, I got my ass kicked. but I found myself really good at like seeing what songs actually stuck. Like once a song goes on, someone has to request it. And like I was really good at like sort of playing, being a stock picker songs. I had never thought of that actually. And I was like, my my percentage was like spot on, maybe like 99% each time. So it's like, well, maybe I should be even doing this. So for me, the journey led to, you know, high school and playing drums and singing in a band. And again, there was no like phones or distractions or social media. It was so pure. Like you had to go to a club and figure out how to play into a club when you were under 18 or you're making music with a band and there was no boards and, you know, you know logic or garage band or, GarageBand or It's just that's how records are made today on a computer with, with GarageBand and so a logic. So you got under like when you get into the mindset of, of that, that was actually really harder because the the funnel to the masses was so narrow. How do you communicate? Well, unless you had a radio or an access to someone or access to someone that could get you on the radio, like you were pretty much screwed. So I learned, I learned the process of it. Um, And then for me, like when I went to college, I still wanted to like I wanna get these internships and do things to get me ahead of everybody else. Cause I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't go to college to explore. I knew what I I knew what I wanted to do. So I found I was aggressive and found found these two really important internships where I was really just so aggressive in their face and calling. imagine calling someone? Yes. There was no email. I didn't email you to see if you could see me. It was like calling and berating and getting the extension line and knowing the receptionist. Like whoever thought of... Do you guys even know what I'm talking about or whoever's listening to this right now?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> what's no, a, reception, what's we a receptionist? Do. What's a do. Receptionists
2: don't answer phones anymore. <laughs> no,
1: but I rem- I totally know exactly what you're talking about. And that was my college days too. We had to stomp the stomp the streets and walk in and actually hand in a papered resume.
2: hundred percent. Like my dad was a famous dentist, but he wasn't a famous music or entertainment guy. So that wasn't helping me. No, I wasn't interested in doing root canals, but I will tell you when you think about whatever your journey was for better or worse with your parents and you look back at them, a lot of people got caught in that circle. I call it the five mile radius rule. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so that repetition is like, oh, you know, my father's a dentist, so I'll be one, or my dad's like a big landscaper. I think if you really trace back some of the great greats of any vertical, of any profession, they all kind of knew earlier than later because they, it was, they were feeling it, figuring out, like, what do you do with that sort of frustration feeling between 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old? Like, I was frustrated. Like I knew I needed to leave, but how, how, how do you leave when you know you have to, like, quote, unquote, go to college? And I went to college to learn how to live outside right, right. of my house. Does that yeah. make sense? Totally. Yes. I knew what the hell I wanted to do, so it, it led me into, like, really important internships, and that's when... I think my magic started to, to sh- show for, for the way I could feel, right? You know, we got into the first thing was New Kids on the Block being a, a, a representative for CBS Records, Sony at the time, making $50 a week.
1: Amazing. And that's
2: when it all, from there, I mean, we, we can talk for hours on
1: every <laughs> nook and cranny yeah.
2: and record stores and taking the New Kids in the back of my car to radio station promos gone for weeks at a time. You know, thank God I was single back then and you know just the journey was insane and hard and tough and rough and
0: um it's not a glamorous life no no one
2: you know what I say no one cares until they care no one gives Mm. a fuck no one cares you know I always say like after something would break I was a piece of shit and had to start all over again for the next no one cares until you make them care Mm -hmm. and that's might been my whole philosophy and like even to this day I could say something's the biggest hit or like I just invested in in a restaurant a year ago that's like the hottest in New York when I first did like you know Why are you even doing that or why is it going to be so, you know, all the, everyone's sort of, you know, you got to understand negative and naysayers and I don't believe a lot of people want to see people be successful for whatever reason, but you block it all out and you just stay focused on what your gut and heart and soul say and you, and you, and you run under the premise that no one cares until they care. So make them care
0: with these new stars that you're finding on TikTok, are you feeling that they're one note? Because I feel like you, anytime I, I open up TikTok, it must be my algorithm, but it's just young hot boys singing. You know, what, what is that about? And do, Are you meeting with any of these people? Are you finding that there is actual talent there? Or is it just something that, you know, somebody might have a, a decent voice and there?
2: By the way, TikTok is how people are discovering music. So let's not yeah. pretend it doesn't exist. Or you page, songs go up, they go viral. But that's the song game. It's not the artist game. Right. And I'd rather be in the artist business mm. where they've been. So the biggest artists in the world, if you trace back their roots and speak to their mommies, they will, the, all the mothers will say the same thing. Beyonce's mother, Ariana's mother, and so, and so on. These kids were crying for help to be artists at six or seven or eight years old. Mm. Even kicking in the belly, like if you really go deep in the conversation. you Talk to Justin Timberlake's mother. Um, she'll tell you, you know, these kids were doing Disney auditions at seven or eight. These mothers didn't come from Disney or Hollywood. Okay. You, you know, you know, Destiny's child or Beyonce's family, her father was a Xerox salesman yeah. and noticed something different about her daughter, Beyonce. I remember meeting Destiny's child when she was I think 14 and you looked at her and you knew, but when I saw her, it was years after her father and mother knew, you know, probably at eight or nine that we got a superstar here living in our house upstairs. So All the biggest stars, I remember Destiny's Child, Britney uh, Britney Spears, uh, Christina Aguilera. If you really trace back, Billie Eilish was making records at 12 with her brother.
0: brother. The
2: biggest stars kind of started way early.
0: It's a little bit of that lack of fear too. I think when children have that lack of fear, I could only equate it to myself as growing up. My parents are performers. So that's actually the the difference between myself and a lot of these other people. My parents are in show business. They own dance schools. They're professional dancers, you know, and they saw greatness in me and they pushed me to do a lot of things. Mostly my my father pushed me to audition for like the Kid City Dancer, the, the Knicks Kid City Dancers when I was 12 or 13 years old. And I remember I would get to the audition and I would just crumble. And eventually I did find you know, my confidence in that space. But I think to have it at such a young age, that's, that's that starship, which you talk a, a lot about in your podcast. It, it has a lot to do with that, to have that confidence. But I think it's
2: important to have this conversation now for those that have friends that are stuck. You know, you think about Mark Zuckerberg, I was saying to you earlier, Mark Zuckerberg, do you think he learned algorithms in his 20s? Or do you think if you sit down with mom and dad, his father's a dentist, by the way, um, and say, when did Mar- when did you know Mark was different? And they're going to probably say it was when he was five or six, right? You know, whether it was, whatever, was he coding at 10? Probably. You really think about it. You know, he got into Harvard for a reason. He probably knew he was going to Harvard before he even went to high school. I'm not saying everyone has to be at that level, but I do believe to live a more prosperous life, Mm -hmm. if you can have a conversation earlier with yourself and others, and really take a look at what you're great at, and then fight for that versus settle. Settle. And I think most people settle. And then you just, and that, what does the settling mean? Divorce, drugs, all the crazy shit we see, right? Alcoholic, people that are overweight. I think it's all related to them being miserable. If you brought the fact that every single person is given at least one great thing that makes them different than everybody else, is that fair?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay. So, so, so if you can embrace that and then talk about it, that's why I did my podcast. And that's, the podcast didn't come to me and say, well, I want to be cool. I waited till I felt like I had something to say and it, no one's producing me. No one's producing this conversation. There's not one note in front of us and we didn't even really discuss what we were going to say except you guys did listen to my podcast and you, you kind of know my history and Paula and I met you know, many years ago just sort of talking about life and I got to know her and said, well, you, you're, this, you're this dynamic uh, woman that's powerful when you walk in a room and you light it up. You know, what are you doing with that power in addition to, you know, being the global head of whatever she's the global head of. <laughs> and so, so, you know, I, we, it's great to talk about this because it's not just the musicians. Mm. It's not just the artists that I think I, I see. I see so many people that have amazing talents. And I'm curious. I'm attracted to curious, uh, amazing, interesting people, some that have become super successful and the ones that maybe are on their way and even the ones that haven't because I think I, I'm the fixer. How can I help you? Think about things differently, as opposed to like I'm going back to my hometown in a few weeks to see some old friends, and I, I know I I know what the bar is going to look like. I know what the conversation is going to look like, and and then I'm I'm out of there, but I'm back in it for a minute, and it's fascinating to me just thinking about like you never left, and I'm not mad at it, but could could their lives have been different if maybe you know they they just didn't get sort of stuck in their own ways.
1: I was going to say, it's about also normalizing the conversation of how hard the work is to get there and that that discomfort, how it the payoff is on the other side. And I think, I don't think that that conversation is normalized when we're in youth. I think you growing up the way that you did, and I think Paul and I had parents that were hard on us in the positive sense, but nowadays I feel that that has been stripped away and kids aren't given the push that they may necessarily need to know that those discomfort moments are where the magic happens on the other side. So have you, I know that you do this on a daily basis, but where else in your life do you feel like you could, you could tap into that starship? Like, how are you raising children differently?
2: So my children, I have four and they're all super entrepreneurial. So we, we encourage entrepreneurial conversation. One of my kids has a a streetwear line. And he's, he's done incredibly well. Um, one of my other kids um, is making TV and film and was a big radio show at USC. My daughter, uh, Jewel, has her own skincare line. And now she's launching a fashion line. And she's doing a, a fragrance. And, and Jade's making product and clothing. And so they're all in their own journeys as they either go through college or graduate college. In their minds, they don't want to really work for anybody which is fascinating. I always have been sort of like this intrapreneur where I had, had an entrepreneurial spirit but wanted corporate structure.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think until That's like-
1: self-awareness too, actually.
2: And then I realized recently that, you know, I let go of that fear of like having to have corporate structure. COVID, COVID actually changed me realizing that I could be very successful on Zoom um, and not have to have corporate structure and force me to create my own. That's great. So I have a team around me that, you know, we pay and we have, you know, W-9 or W-2s or whatever it may be that we fund and you figure out how to do all that stuff yourself. And it's so much more rewarding than actually even, you know, being at a, a company. And I, I, I think there's two different ways of doing it. I loved being in a company and I also love being an entrepreneur and I love starting my own agency. I had a few years ago um, that we sold to Shise- Shise- Shiseido and I brought it to Madison Avenue with my partner, Doug. And a year in between like working at a record level because I got sick of kind of like the same, I got sick of artists talking back to us. Um, so, and they all do. Um, so instead I tried something different. But I, it is, it's like, so my kids are hybrid sort of entrepreneurs finding their way to do that. And I think they got that from being in New York City and from watching their dad as opposed to living in a small town. and see, They kind of are watching what other people are doing and then right. figuring out how to do that themselves. And you know, I always say, like, if I was drinking every night, then my kids probably would be drinking. It's you know, the parent when you're young, the kids watch the parents, and I, and I'm a so it's I'm a big believer in sort of the osmosis of what happens inside a home, and then how that permanently affects like where a kid goes. And obviously, there's exceptions to it, but my kids are you know, born and bred New York City downtown kids that, um, thankfully, are healthy and thriving in their own way and are very close. And uh, you can also see that they have a, a funky spirit about them because they've been exposed to so much, right? Including Absolutely. Including a couple of them, 9-11, when we watched the towers go down. Right. And that was, you know, so they've seen a lot of grit. Right. And they've seen, you know, their dad and their mom, their mom just sort of raise them in the city, which is very hard to do. There's no, there's no playground. I mean, I guess the city is your playground, but right. it, gets a little, I mean, it gets a little gritty after a while. So, um, yeah, I think, th- I think, f- I think t- to answer your question, um, it's about letting them um I push letting them find their inner happiness and then executing it for success.
1: That's the sauce.
2: I think so. We have to repeat it. Everything's like rep you know, like a hit record. Yes. I always say don't bore us, get to the chorus. Oh, well,
1: I you love ha- that line. You
2: have to be you have to even to us, like I sometimes listen to my podcast and listen again and again and again. Because I'm so in it, I, forget what, I forgot what I said or that person said. So I listen like a listener to the guests that I had, and, and I, I sort of embed it in my brain and repeat it over and over to have it sink in me just like a hit song, right? You don't remember the song unless there's a chorus that's memorable and a lyric that you remember and, and that's in you forever. I think it's the same thing for everything and what I do.
0: And now I know that we were speaking about your kids. Do you make sure that when you are nurturing your children with their businesses, that you're watching out for them and making sure that when they're having a win, that they're really experiencing and living in that win?
2: Yeah. And I think they get annoyed by it. too. <laughs> it's not so fun. My favorite line with my son is like, let me give you some, let, let me invest in you and I'll take 5% of the business. 10% of you. Has he it's, taken no. you in? Nope. No,
1: absolutely not. <laughs> no.
2: I go, no, I'll invest. And let me, let me, let me have some ownership just like anyone else would. I'm, isn't it better to have me than somebody else? He goes, I'm not taking your money.
0: Amazing. I don't want
2: anyone else. Okay.
0: Well, then he has to answer to you, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, nobody wants to answer. Well, to I'm on parents. the
2: board, I guess. Right. So yeah, I'm around him and sort of poking at him per se. But all the kids have learned how to, you know, um, you still have to guide them. Um, but I think my philosophies are modern. And I think it is about sort of having a modern approach to, not just raising kids but guiding kids and even friends. You know, even even for, you know, I look at you, or I look at you. You guys are on your way with so many different things in your life. This podcast is important because you can speak to your generation and have real heart-to-heart conversations with them even when it's tough. Mm-hmm. And it is, and it gets tough sometimes. It's not so easy. It looks pretty right now and we sound amazing, but you know, when when you're out but when you're when the mic shut off, you know, it's tough out there.
0: It is, and you know what I have found through doing this is that as people that you know we're walking through life we don't ask our friends many questions how many questions and you know we have a little bit of a deeper relationship because you are uh, you you're, you ask a lot of questions i really don't in my own personal life and i think that i'm getting to know my own friends better through this. And I think it's because of Instagram, truly, because we have so much information about the people that are in our lives right there on our phones, but we're not actually asking them. We're not checking in with them to see if they're okay. We're not asking them, hey, you know, what actually is it that you do? And there's so much that you can learn from people just from having a conversation with them. And, you know, that's why we're doing this and it's been awesome. Let's talk a little bit about the podcast because I want to understand what made you feel that now is the right time for you. What
2: I wanted to do was look at the people in my life that I thought were interesting. And then some people that I just met, like I met this guy, Dr. Jonathan Leary, who created the world's first wellness membership club, wellness membership, because wellness is so big right now. Mm -hmm. And it's a membership club where he built this community in LA and I found out like everyone was going to a Drake Kardashian kids. What okay. is it so called? It's, I know it's called Remedy, Remedy Place. Yeah. And in really LA cool. it's on fire. So guess what? No, there's
1: a place in New York as yeah, well. Yeah. So he
2: opened it in New York a few months ago. And then my friend Bella, my friend Bella Hunter, um said to me, You need to meet Jonathan. You'll love each other. And then I met him one night and I loved him. He was a really amazing guy. And I went to his spot and it's every it's that thing. And and now he's opening in Aspen and all these other places, but it's like an amazing thing that I thought the conversation of wellness to live a better life and what he's done is extraordinary at 32 years old. So when you put just interesting people on that sort of make you um, smarter, educate you, uh, start conversation, and I just did it for that. And I I think it'll take me longer. I don't care even about money for this. I'm doing it because I think I'm good at it and I attract smart people to have like-minded conversations. That's why, you know, we're here even today. You've got your smart ladies I can be in any podcast I, I, I think. So. I, I think I can be in any podcast I want to. i choose you guys. I don't care if you have one listener. I know this is a magical moment with um, powerful ladies that will take this and so many other interviews you're going to do in the next few years that will be timeless. And the whole thing is timeless because people are timeless, right? And although everything changes, it really doesn't, mm. okay? I'm looking at you, two beautiful eyes, and nose, a mouth, and ears, and Body. We, we, we all have the same since since right the time since the, the ape men and women like come on guys, so we have to just not let technology quote unquote uh, work against us, but how do you use it to help us? And I think mm-hmm. sometimes technology can sometimes get in the way of even uh, what a human's made of and and that's part of the whole premise of why you do these things
0: absolutely. And we're all craving connection, I think, especially after being home for as long as we all were, even though that it feels like ancient history, it really wasn't that long ago. And just to be in the same space with someone and to share stories, it really, I mean, it's helped me so much. What has been, some, uh, what has been the biggest takeaway for you from the podcast? Is there anything in specific that p- perhaps it was Sarah?
2: I think the podcast forces me to be even more curious. And I think it forces me to, it opened up a whole nother world of conversation of even people I wouldn't necessarily be talking to or the DMs or people that contact me. I think even people look at me differently because they thought I was just a music guy.
1: Mm, That's Hey, you're really
2: good at this. Wow, you're really smart. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, you're like, like geez, now you're just
2: that record guy that famous record producer they call me producer i'm not a producer that you know pe- it's just funny how people have a perception of you oh you got that guy on that tv show and no i'm i'm actually like i i think i've been fighting my whole life to, to say i'm not just a music guy i'm actually a really smart guy that could maybe make anything famous that i got behind or someone that i got behind yeah so i always i was always this little guy screaming saying no but i'm this i'm that i can like, you know, when I had my agency, we took Lacoste and made it, the The, the premise was we represented Lacoste and it was your grandfather's croc. What yeah. do we do? Yeah. And then we made, we helped make it cool. Like how do we transcend the croc to uh, the teens out there? So we did Lacoste live in Soho and a bunch of other things and sort of made it bigger and funner. And my point is like, that's the same way you would treat an artist or, 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 or something that you were passionate about where you believed in the legacy of the croc. Mm. How do you make it matter to a younger generation? That's all I'm really doing, I think, with the podcast or in life. But sometimes when, you're, when you get stuck in your own thing, right, you know, even your day job, right, you can get stuck in your – I'm not saying this about your day job. I love your day job. But if you get stuck in it, you know, you need sometimes more, more stuff to stimulate you. I think part of the podcast and what we do and why podcasts have become so successful is they stimulate everyone's mind. You can go into different worlds. Of fi- I listen to the billionaire ones and the health ones and, you know, just I listen to mindset, one, you know, I, I, like normally I would never have that in my life. That's where technology is great. Right. Exactly. I can dream and I can think and I can be, and by the way, no it one's judging me. The, I got my headsets on, my yeah. little puts on and
0: you it's ha- amazing. You would honestly never even hear half of the things that you hear on these podcasts because you would ha- have had to have gone to a library, or get a book or read a book. Someone about would somebody. have
1: had to write that book. Someone would have had to have write that. And book. published it on paper and put it out there where oh. this is just faster. Correct. And-
0: so we're very lucky to be able to have this very powerful tool at our fingertips to be able to learn All of these different things and to be able to kind of reach even deeper into uh, to learn a a little bit more about ourselves or other people. And it's our
2: responsibility, I think, as communicators. And you guys are clearly communicators. And I guess I am, too. It's what God wanted. Right. We're here. You also have to use the technology the right way. When you think about TikTok, TikTok's been great for. Uh, snackable content to open up a restaurant or what's cool or, you know, it's also been like a distraction for a lot of teens getting in the way of like schoolwork, school work. right? And everything mm-hmm. else. So it's how you use technology to, uh, in a positive uh, perspective or positive light like we're doing now versus, you know, having it be blockage.
0: Right, or or just using it to be a lurker. You know, I find that a lot of people really are just lurking on there. Like I find that when I, I actually don't have TikTok on my phone because it's just an energy suck for me. I find that when I am sitting on my phone and I'm just scrolling aimlessly through Instagram, I actually get aggravated with myself because I'm like, why am I, I'm not learning anything from this. And to be honest with you, I don't scroll much anymore. I've found over the last year, I've read like 30 books this year mm-hmm. because I'm very consciously trying to stop scrolling because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel good to me. If it's not making me smarter, if it's not making me more educated on a certain topic, I just don't really want anything to do with it. So I feel like if, if you're using this powerful, powerful tool for good, it's a wonderful thing. But if you're just looking at other people's lives, like, I don't know, I feel bad for you.
2: I mean, I hope big artists break through TikTok. We haven't really seen that yet. We see artists that break really do the work. The ones that play the arenas and stadiums over Mm. years and years of just definitely out there having a vision for their brand and doing the work, not just thinking they're going to break on one song. The ones that break on one song end up, you know, usually starting another business, (laughs) you know, years later and it ain't singing. True. So, so, you know, that's kind of like my philosophy for all this stuff. And, and, um, As it always goes back to music, and I relate everything to the success of artists. I said at the beginning, there's no cutting the line. It's doing the work and um, being great. And I think great always finds its way to the top. Greatness always finds It may take longer, but great, everyone wants great, and everyone embraces great.
0: And now I think two different questions. What do you feel makes a person great, and what do you feel makes an artist great, and are they intertwined?
2: Well, it's all connected, right? So and what's an artist, you know, whether it's a musician or someone that made that painting there? I think the ones that can create art that affect the most amount of people are the ones that, you know, move culture, that aren't so sort of uh, siloed. When you think of a Harry Styles and you go to his show, by the way, Harry's been doing this since he was 14. Now he's, what, 25 or 26, so he didn't just break years and years and years auditioning for a boy band then being in a boy band then you know graduating from the boy band and then having a solo album this first solo album didn't do very well and then you know it just like it wasn't just because he's good looking doesn't mean shit he's now the premier solo artist in the world but he did the work but he's great you can go to that show it's diverse as fuck it doesn't matter whether you like country or pop or urban or rap whether you're you know it doesn't matter your background that's what a superstar does. And the same way an artist like a George Condor or Warhol back in the day, they just made art that affected everyone and everyone could look at that and get their own thing from it. So, so that's greatness. You pretty much know when you see great. I think the message to everyone that's listening that wants to be great at something, you have to do the work and put years and years into it and stay committed to that or switch and pivot. But it's still going to take years and years to, as you pivot, to do that thing, to get it right, to be great. Um, and then on top of it, if you add your greatness, your God-given DNA star chip to you, yeah, you'll just perform at a higher level than anyone else, right?
0: How did you come up with this star chip theory?
2: It just came to me. There's no book to read about it. I made it up when I analyzed myself. Chip in your brain, star, star chip. So I, the chip in your brain, is that if you identify the how that chip makes you perform at a certain level unlike anyone else around you Don't, let's say you're an athlete you're a pretty good athlete i hear right you
1: i'm a good healer good healer okay you're an amazing healer <laughs> I'm fantastic. so you knew that
2: you knew you're you knew that you had that thing you felt it?
1: it it nurtured through time i started off as performer and then and a fear i leaned into a fear that i had and as i researched that fear is where that um my realization of, of what i really am meant to do came to came to fruition. So it wasn't, it wasn't as innately, I didn't know that this is who I was going to be at a young age. I thought I was going to be a Broadway star, darling. I was like on the trajectory to be a dancer. and But it,
2: but it happened.
1: It, it absolutely happened.
2: And now you're healing.
1: And I love it. And I couldn't be more secure and centered in what I do for a living.
2: So don't you wish everyone could say that?
1: Absolutely. And that's those are those deep conversations. When I said I can't go surface, like if I see somebody that's not living to their potential, I... I it's impossible for me to hold back and, and, and not have that deep conversation and try and, like, unspin those coils and get it out of them. I mean, Paul always says that, what did you start drinking? my own sauce <laughs> because, That's very funny. because of, of Monica.
0: Like it's interesting because when people say things to me, like you said, you can't have a conversation with someone who, is, or you have a very difficult time talking to someone who's not living their life to their full potential. I get very anxious when people are like, oh my God, you know, you're so smart. You're so dynamic. You have this such amazing energy. I actually, or, or you're not doing, I feel like you could be doing more. I get, I start to get very anxious. Cause I'm like, okay, well, this person sees that in me. I know I'm a good person. I know that I have, there's some, I have this way of connecting with people, but how can I do this on a bigger stage? How can I bring more people in? Like I'm connecting with a lot of people and I'm very fortunate to be able to do that, but how do I make this bigger for myself? Because so much of my life and my success was based off of what I was doing in my career because I was a dancer, so it, it, was whatever my last job was what equated my worth. And then when I moved into, into a professional career, I had a very difficult time and I still do. It actually was easier in my, the early stages of my career. Cause I, when I moved into, I, I work in sales kind of, but I was in sales in the very beginning of my career and I worked at Equinox and it was very competitive and it, it was amazing. But I was able to say, oh, well, you know, I'm number one in this global company, like I sold, 150 memberships this month. It was very tangible to me. But then when I left that space, there was no way for me to gauge my success. And it's still difficult for me even even now. You know, sometimes I'm like, like, am I doing a good job? You know, like I, I don't know because nobody tells you. Nobody I'm a 35-year-old woman. No one's gonna sit back and say, you know what, Paula, you're doing an amazing job, sweetie. And I don't expect them expect them to, but I'm having a hard time like figuring out. If I'm living to my full potential, which is why when people say to me, you're so great, I start to get really anxious and I need to fix that. Well, I think
2: the podcast is is the start of the process of (laughs) having some sort of sense of where you're going. And this is a great conversation to have because everything, you know, Instagram stories, you know, everyone's filtering who they really are. And this is really the unfilter podcast is what you're creating here. Yeah. And yeah. I'm. I try to do that. I mean, I speak real on my podcast, guys. Just no editor. I, I mean, we don't edit shit. I have no notes. I roll.
1: It's awesome.
2: That's what I do. That's just me. I don't need to be produced. I know what I'm saying, and maybe sometimes I'm edgy. Maybe sometimes I'm not. But I don't really care. And yeah. uh, and it's not even an ego thing. It's like I'm just doing what I'm doing. And I think unfiltering conversation for the truth helps people feel like they can do the same, whether they're with you or by themselves. Right. And that is why we do this. You're my new healer. Thank God. Monica
1: mm-hmm.
2: is my new healer, which I didn't know. So are welcome. I, know. I knew you were an amazing everything, but now you are my healer, the <laughs> official healer of walk this way. Never look back. Mm-hmm. And um,
0: Where can we listen to walk this way?
2: It's on every platform, guys. Just type in walk this way. And maybe my name, Charlie walk, and it's there on every single platform. And I love all the platforms. I happen to love, and you guys should know this, people think, so Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. people think you have to pay for Apple Music to have the podcast. Why? Because Spotify has all their podcasts on one app. Right. Apple has Apple Music and then the podcast app. Right. Okay? It's free. Right. But I'm just telling you confusion that I've had people say, well, you That's know. interesting. Because I, I sometimes put up, I just happen to love the podcast app. Mm. Right, mm. And I put that up and they're like, well, I don't have a subscription to Apple Meal. I'm like, guys, they're separate. But they get confused because Spotify has everything baked into one. Does that make sense? They're two different platforms. Got it. Um, I love the interface of um, the Apple podcast. Just personally, I'll say it. I don't care. I love it. Very easy. And I do It's just great. I know. And it's free. It's free FYI.
1: Yes. Love that. and We're what, there too.
0: <laughs> yes, you can find us there as well. And what days do, does Walk This Way launch?
2: So, it's every Thursday per season.
0: What season are we on? We
2: are in season two, and um, the last episode's going up next Thursday. And then we're taking a break uh, for a minute. And I sort of collect people that I want to have on, and I record them as I feel, and then we lay them out for spring. But I'm not fighting to have it out every week. And I'll tell you one other thing for everyone listening some of the first episodes are brand new. Just because you think, you cut them in June or last year. Everyone's heard them. No one's heard them. Meaning, there's the discovery is endless. Yes, it's not like when you're. Oh, I, I've done. I've done fourteen so far, and I have people every day hitting me. Oh, I just heard two and four and six and amazing and like I realize repetition. What I said before. Sometimes you got to promote the old ones over and over and over. And when I do, they think it's new. Mm. But you're talking about millions of people, right? Right. It's 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 it's, it's it's really interesting when you think everyone's heard it, no one's heard it. And you have to have that mentality as a marketer and as a podcast uh, queen or queens uh, to, to, to understand that even this episode, once you put it up, I promote it six months later a year later because you, you're, you're just going to find new people mm-hmm. uh, to fall in love with this particular one. I had a girl, uh, one of my besties. Jennifer Fisher, who you know, who has these amazing earrings and jewelry and salt. And I put her on. I'm
0: wearing them right
2: now. And mm. they look great on you. <laughs> and I put her on weeks ago. And then I promoted it last week. And we got another couple another of thousand downloads. And I'm just saying to myself, I have to remind myself of my philosophy. Right. And the facts are just because we think I put it up and promoted it. Everyone's heard it. Not, not true.
0: No, it's true. And I think that sometimes myself too, I get in my own head. I'm like, oh, people are sick of hearing from me. Like they don't want to, but I don't ever look on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I wish this person would shut up about this. You know, like I've never looked at your Instagram and be like, oh my God, if I hear Charlie talk about walk this way one more time, I'm just going to throw my
1: phone. No, we never, have, know? That. It's the never have that. I never have that, but I don't know why. Our own internal conversation.
0: Yeah, I don't know why we do that. It's so silly. 100%. Drink your own sauce, people. Oh, correct. <laughs> more
2: is more. Keep on putting content out and repetitiveness of greatness. And that's kind of like the theory of process for me.
0: Amazing. Well, I feel like we're ready for our quick fire. Aren't Is ready. there anything else you want to touch on while you're here?
2: No, I'm just happy to be here.
0: Amazing. Well, it's, it's been, Likewise. So, it's been nice, so nice to have you here. So we're going to ask a couple quickfire quick fire questions that we like to ask our guests. Are you ready for question number one? Ready. What are the three things you think most about every day?
2: Health, money, kids. I have kids. Food.
0: Food is a common tie, man. <laughs> it's so funny. Everyone does talk about their. I food. mean, it's real though.
1: It's real. Okay. If you had a warning label, what would it be?
2: Wow, that's a tough one. If I had a warning label, be careful what you wish for.
0: Okay. I think in the best way, though. Yes, in the best way. Okay. Yeah, like, I, I I, literally always say, like, you have to be careful what you put out into the universe because when it comes, it comes. your way, when it comes your way, do the manifestation, put it out there. Mm-hmm. You got to do the work. That's, like, the biggest piece of all mm-hmm. of this. But, yes, be careful what you wish for. What is one thing that you would never do again?
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> Go to a pig roast.
1: Oh, a pig roast? <laughs> Why? What made you think of that?
2: <laughs> because I realized they're roasting a pig.
0: Okay. Do you not eat bacon?
2: It's not that. It's just, it's-
0: Yeah, with the apple in the mouth? It's
2: the pig getting roasted. And then that's not how I think of bacon. And then it all just knocked me out. I'm yeah. like, I'm done. Do it's this. actually
0: not very good either. Like, I don't know if you've had- It's just like. the whole
2: thing. Yeah. It's just like disturbing.
1: <laughs> uh- this is oddly the second pig roasting conversation I've had in two days. I don't know what, maybe maybe one's a coming. I'm unsure.
2: <laughs> Monica, you're a healer. Uh, it comes I, to you. I'm
1: summer, unsure. summer is
0: is on, <laughs> on its way. Um, if if money were not an object and you didn't have all those kitties mouths to feed, what do you think that you would do with your life?
2: I think I would, and this may sound pretentious, but I happen to really love aspen. And I love hiking and biking and in the, in, in the in the environment of the arts there, which is fascinating to me what they've built. Um, and then I also love St. Barts just because it's a French Caribbean island and it's so interesting that it's French culture in the Caribbean. I would probably just be chilling on two islands and, and uh, spending more time uh, from a health perspective working out. Um, meditation is something that I've been doing a lot. I had Bob Roth on from... Transcendental Meditation, the T, uh, David Lynch Foundation. And he's the godfather of TM. Learned so much from him. That episode, people go crazy for. And I've learned to like sort of like that. See, Transcendental Meditation plugs into manifestation, healing, mindset. So it's all, all of that stuff. If I could get rid of distractions and, and daily pressures of life and health and family and whatever else career and just be pure and this is how I'm answering your question and should have been in five seconds I think I would be in places where I could actually do that
0: I love that last and final one how do you take your oyster?
2: I just like a little vinegar on top
0: okay simple good. the mignonette or- mignonette
2: <laughs> That was the word I was looking for. That was blocked in my brain.
0: It's one of my favorite it's the words. The best of the best.
2: Mignonette's a mignonette. word.
0: Mignonette.
2: Mignonette is the, how we like them. Not I don't like hot red sauce. What's that called? The um, Tabasco. Tabasco I sauce. I like right. that. And what's the other sauce called? It's There's like, oh cocktail we're, sauce.
0: Oh cocktail.
2: They actually serve it right. They give you the mignonette. Right. The cocktail sauce. And they give you uh, a tab- tab- uh, or anything.
0: And then sometimes they'll give you Be like a the, lemon. Um, sorry, horseradish. Right. That's exactly right. That's, right. Like, that's exactly right. Get out of like, here. <laughs> See, I'm no like a all, all right or right. I like it all. Give me all the sauce. I like to beans. load it up. Yeah. I'm a, but saucy I'm, a, chick. But I'm a
2: big, I'm a big oyster guy and I've never gotten sick. And as long as they're shucking them right before you eat them, you're pretty much good and safe. Problem is if they sit there for a while, it's like, mm. so you got to make sure they're getting shucked to table and you're good. But I'm a big oyster fan.
0: I love that. Well, the world really is your oyster, Charlie. And it has been so fun to have you here. We can't wait to have you back in a couple of months to do a little check in. And thank you so much.
2: I'm glad I got to be here and be one of the first. One of the first. I hope this episode gets played hundreds of thousands of times and we can help some people. Because listen, I've done the work, you guys have done the work. It's about sharing the work we've done. This may look glossy or even sound glossy, but to get to this point is hell. And I think people need to understand it's just, it just—it isn't always like this. Conversation to get to this conversation took many, many years of of growing up, uh, learning, embracing yourself, having real conversations um, with people. To you know, again, that's why I say like it's great to meet new people at in this mindset because I'm more open to it than being you know a famous record executive and living in a very small narrow place of not letting a lot of people around me that's the, that's how i was for a certain point and now it's more you're just more embracing and appreciative of people of like my, and by the way yes like-minded i don't mean success like-minded people that you want to meet and spend time with and you too are them
0: Thank you. That was inspirational. And and isn't that an incredible takeaway too from like the the career that you've had to be able to come out of it being, you know, Mr. Hotshot to come out and say, well, now I actually want to connect with more people. And I I do have the time and the space for you, regardless of whether you are completely like-minded, maybe you actually are different minded, but you have the space to have an intelligent conversation about whatever it is that you want to connect upon. So it's kind of awesome to come out of a career like that you've had and- have that be the takeaway. Super cool. Well, thank, thank you both you, for Charlie.
2: having me and thank you for becoming my healer, Monica.
0: You're very welcome. <laughs> if you ever get hurt, she's the one to call. World's your oyster, World's your oyster. Bye-bye, Bye.
1: everyone.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to World's Your Oyster. If you love what you're listening to, be sure to like, rate, and review this episode wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at World's Your Oyster and share this episode with a friend. We'd really appreciate it. Bye-bye.